0: I, I want to have the, the privilege of, of bringing through this as we journey through this because I realize it's communion and I, I, pray, I pray that you don't get distracted this morning I felt in my spirit during the worship it was a bit a bit noisy <laughs> and I, I, it's a good thing that Pastor Jordan stepped in but i need you to be still in your minds this morning be very still be very calm in your mind just forget about just forget about everything just turn to turn to somebody and say just just let it go seriously do that just say to somebody right now just let it go just put it aside whatever it is just put it aside If ever there's a message of the gospel of the kingdom that is so critical in our growing and becoming more and more like Christ, is this one. When it has to do with the communion, when it has to do with what is about to be delivered this morning to you, I feel in my spirit that something. I am. I'm, I'm believing that the miraculous will break out. Because it all happened here, at this point cost him everything. Amen? When when, when when, Jesus said, when Pastor Sene put that scripture up, he said, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. What Jesus was simply saying is that I am enough. There's no need to look elsewhere. There's no need to look to your past. There's no need to even look to the one next to you. I want you to repeat after me, I am enough. enough. He He is enough. And his name is Jesus. And let's welcome this word this morning with our open hearts and open minds as we welcome God's servant as she delivers to us the message this morning. Why don't you stand with me, put your hands together and welcome her this morning.
1: Hallelujah. We say thank you Thank you for what you've done Thank you for what you continue to do And what you are doing You are moving Lord, open our ears to the frequency of heaven that we will receive what heaven is saying this morning. I pray that we will be in alignment with what heaven is saying and that there will be an exchange that would take place today in Jesus' name. Father, we decree and declare that you are God, Jehovah. You are the great I am unmovable and unshakable, never changed, or the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Father, we say thank you that we are participants and partners of a heavenly core here on earth. Say, Lord, your will be done, your will be established, in Jesus' name, and say amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Good morning, family and friends. It's really good to see you here. A few of our family have had a few messages this morning of apologies. It's good that people are accountable to the house. They just let us know that they are, you know, they're just struggling, unwell. So this morning I had an early prayer meeting for those who could not be here this morning, just to pray with them and stand in agreement that God is a great physician. So he is more than enough. Don't need anything else. Go to the doctors, get your medication, but God is still more than enough. Amen. This morning, I'll be sharing just a moment with us to continue to encourage us as we continue to go forward in truth and power. Someone say power. Power. It's not just truth, but we need power. power. Not just truth, but we need power. power. Um, I want to remind us this morning that this is the day the Lord has made. Let us, someone say us. Us. So this morning I wanna talk to the us in the room. Are you the us? So let us rejoice and be glad in it. Who's the us? us? Us, so let us rejoice. So your partner next to you, the one in front of you, the one behind you is part of the us. Tell them you are us. So let us rejoice and be glad in this day, amen? Um, the God of heaven and the God of earth, he gave his son, Jesus Christ. Who knows that? We came to the table this morning. It was very fitting that we went to the table this morning. He gave his son, Jesus Christ. He wrapped him in flesh. He wrapped glory in heaven and flesh. I can go home. You got the whole message. He wrapped glory and heaven in flesh. Not in a box with a bow, but in flesh. And then he deposited heaven in a womb that would incubate him for such a time as when he was due to come forth. So this woman would incubate heaven, wrapped in flesh, the seed of heaven Amen. placed in a womb.
0: Hallelujah. The church is a womb. Yes. Amen.
1: Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> she is a womb. She is incubating children of God. Okay, that went over half your heads. She, the church, is a womb incubating the glory of heaven. That one day she will reveal the glory of heaven and flesh, and she'll break forth by the breaking of a skin, and she will bleed. A baby does not come forth unless there's a blood to come forth in.
0: So true, so true.
1: Let's just go home, mate. He is the word who became flesh. Someone say flesh. Flesh. And he dwelled among Ah. us. And we begot his glory, as the Bible says, like the glory of the only begotten of the Father. Full of what? Glory and grace and truth. The being known as the word had decided even before the foundations of the earth that he would become part of a physical order. Yes. That physical order is human or humanity. He became flesh. And he gave up his divine privileges in heaven and he took up a humble position. Someone say humble. Humble. People don't like the word humble. It's 50% hum and 50% bull. Just make your way through it. Humble. I'm glad you're laughing. So he took on the humble position of a slave and he was born in obedience to God. Obedience to God. He died a criminal's death, not just any death but he died a criminal's death on the cross. Someone say the cross. cross. It would be required that the eternal living God, the eternal living God, oh, I think I have to get a PowerPoint up here. Thanks. She's like looking at me. Pastor, get the PowerPoint up. This eternal living word becomes flesh and and lived a perfect life as a human being. A perfect life. As a human being, it will require experiencing all temptations that you and I have been tempted with. But most of all, it will require this perfect being to suffer. To shed his blood and die for very imperfect human beings. Today you are sitting next to living proof of this amazing love. When you wake up in the morning and you're screaming at your children, you are looking at the amazing love of Jesus Christ. When you want to say bad things to someone at the shop because they pushed in, You are going to say things to someone that God is incubating to expose himself to that person soon. So let me say this before I begin. We have been commissioned, we have been designed, permitted, and we have been instructed to increase. I want you to say, "I am increasing." I am increasing. Tell your neighbour you, you are increasing. So, any time that God wants to bless someone, He organizes opportunities and challenges for you to increase. Your challenge is attached to your increase. We like the increase, but we don't like the challenge. To increase, it's going to take some hard mahi, or in other language, hard work. When God wants to set you up, He will organize a dream that only you can interpret. No one else can interpret what God is downloading into your into your spirit realm. No one else but you. When God makes wants to make you great, He organizes people to forget about you. I want you to hear that again. When God is setting you up to be great, he will cause people to forget about you. Jesus was great, but only few got it. Let them go. Whenever or whatever hasn't been allocated to you, you are not permitted to locate. Stay in your lane. Okay, you're going to love me after this. I'm telling you, you're going to love me after this. You must be positioned. Someone say positioned. Positioned. Until you are positioned, you are not permitted to partake because you cannot see if you're not positioned. God has already allocated greatness. The problem is you are not in position. Someone say positioned. David was allocated to greatness, but he was not yet in. Position. There is no greatness without what? Movement. The challenge is what side you are moving towards. You can be moving in the wrong direction. Yeah. Until you and I understand that greatness is achieved by movement we will continue to be stuck. No great person is normal. If you look at the greatest people on earth, they are not normal people. If you want to be normal, you will not be great. Great people never fit in the status quo. Keep away from people who try to belittle you and your ambitions and your dreams. There is nothing wrong to be misunderstood. I'm misunderstood all the time, praise Jesus. To be great, you will be misunderstood. And the more people that understand you, the more limited you are. It is good for people not to understand you. I don't understand these people in the front row. We are wired for greatness. Say, I'm wired for greatness. Whether you get there or not is not up to God. I want to say this again to us. Whether you get there or not is not up to God. It is up to you and it is up to me. Your scars have a story. Look at your scars. Each scar has a story. I can tell you about every scar on my body. I can tell you exactly how I got it. I can tell you exactly what fight I got into. Yes. I can tell you exactly how it was because my scars have stories. And there are no great people in life without scars. If you have scars, look at them and say, man, I'm great. Those scars should have killed you. Your true test of greatness is determined on what you're able to survive from. If you have survived from great and and tragic things, you are great. To be great, you have to be associated with greatness. You want to be great? Stop hanging out with grasshoppers. (laughs) Hang out with people who are great. Who you want to be like. Who are good role models in your life. Who uplift you and inspire you. Who test you and challenge you. Who sharpens you. Who corrects you. Who tells you that you're not doing a good job. (laughs) (laughs) These principles, this is very strong principles that you and I need to to understand. We cannot settle for less. Greatness has nothing to do with fame. Greatness has nothing. It is a heavenly standard. Greatness. Not about fame, not a fortune. It's a heavenly standard. Anyone who wants to be great must first humble himself. Heavenly standard. The world will tell you you want to be great, climb that ladder and push everyone down. But God's saying if you want to be first, start last. Greatness. Tell yourself, I'm great. Okay. Everything you need to be great is already within you. Yes. And if it is not in you, it cannot come out of you. Yeah. Are you hearing me? Yes. If it is not in you, it can't come outside of you. Yeah. If you do not realize or recognize that God wants you to be great, you will remain mediocre. Yeah. You will settle. This is the way it's gonna be. Great people do not settle for mediocrity. I asked the boys to bring me this horse, not because it's a horse, it's because I'm great and I wanna show you how great looks like. So I'm just gonna ask a couple of people just to come and take a stand on this great platform. Oh, we are so organized. Oh, look at this, look at this, you great people, who's getting up here, which young lady, oh, um. which young lady, this young lady, can you get up appropriately sweetheart, I don't know if that was a good idea, maybe I should.
0: <laughs> i just want you to be comfortable
1: it's not very nice it's okay sweetheart
0: i'm
1: gonna i'm gonna do it sweetie i just want you to be comfortable There's a here, lover lover who's getting up with this young lady show you something. Can I just have everyone else over here for a minute? I just don't want to distract our family. I hope this works out. In the beginning, say in the beginning, God created the what? And he created an atmosphere or place or environment in which he will place man into. So he placed man into this environment. Hello, Adam. And God said to Adam, you're going to have dominion, you're going to rule, you're going to reign, you're going to multiply, you're going to do great things. But it is not good for man to be alone. Ah, Sad. So in a deep sleep he goes, and God created, whoa, 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 the powerhouse. He created a helper. Another word for helper is like interpretation of like the Holy Spirit. Because you're going to give him counsel. You're going to tell him when he's going the wrong way. You're going to advise him on everything he doesn't do. And all the women in the house say. So when you men don't like what your woman's saying, she's only been your helper. Absolutely. And so here is God. Who's God?
0: <laughs>
1: so here is God. You're a handsome God. Come here, God. Aww. And God's looking at his beautiful creation and he says, This is
0: good. This is good.
1: This is good. Mm-hmm. And he sees them. He's positioned them for what? Greatness. He's positioned them to have dominion. He's positioned them to rule and to reign. He's positioned them that they will multiply and be fruitful, not just physically, people. Uh But he's positioned them in this place. Aren't you glad you did a good work? Are you happy? So he has a conversation. Now, (laughs) look, I'm just showing you this. Find it in the Bible for yourself. And then he has a conversation with his son, Jesus Christ. Where's our Jesus? Come here, dads, Jesus. And can I have a... And where's Holy Spirit? Can I have a Holy Spirit? Woohoo! This is our Holy Spirit, the powerhouse, just saying. But anyway... So they are here in heaven, creation is thriving, they're doing great, You aren't you all agree they're doing great, and you're just enjoying watching them thriving, watching them, exp- you know, doing good, good things, naming things, and doing things, and doing lots of things, and lots and lots of things, it's in the Bible, right? But then one day, God, something happens in this place. And what happens in this place causes man to come from their original purpose and position to a lower state in which God has not authorised you and I to be in. So the fall of man happens. Fall. So now they have to operate in a level which they were not commissioned or authorised to operate at. But they fell from a place of where they were originally meant to be. Because at this place, God says, you rule and reign from this place. You multiply from this place. Now they have to learn how to do it down here. And all that what they can see has changed because they've dropped from the position of where they're meant to be to a position where they were not authorised to be at. Yeah. Yeah. Naughty, naughty. <laughs> no, oh, oh, okay, okay. Okay, I just want to remind everybody that when God spoke, he gave the instructions and the word to the man. No 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 no, let's, let's let me finish this. The issue is, and hear me, man of God, I can, hear, hear me. The issue is that the man had the word and the responsibility to look after his wife and love her. So you didn't do your job in the garden and tell her not to go to that tree. You wanna carry on (laughs) though? Just making it clear, just making it clear. So here is God and you're very heartbroken. Okay, we, we need better actors. He's having a conversation in heaven, his son, Holy Spirit. They're having this conversation. It's not good what God sees in heaven. So God comes up with this plan. This is your plan. So God says to his son, son. (laughs) 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 I'm going (laughs) to... I'm going I'm to release you to go back down there. And you're, no, don't, don't go before he talks. Oh. <laughs> and when you're down there, you've got to show them that that's not where they're meant to be. But son, you're going to have to lay your life down so that you can reposition them to where they're meant to be. Because where they are now operating from, oh, because at this place, you're trying to father, right? Oh, men of God, listen to this. Where's the kids? Oh. <laughs> okay, children, can you come in front of your parents? Can you kneel down? Okay. At this place, they're still multiplying. They're still doing, still doing life. You can still prosper at this place. You can still succeed at this place. But you're never, ever going to be to this place where more. Abundantly more. You could be abundant, but God said that's not where you're meant to be. And so you're trying to parent your children at this place You see everything by this place, but God said, this is not where you're meant to be. So God tells his son, sorry son, but you gotta go and you're gonna spend some time down there, gonna sort them out. So he comes, Christ comes in form of flesh. (laughs) And he's only gonna do and say what is... So he spent a lot of time in his prayer closet because they're not easy to lead. <laughs> so Jesus needs to be there. And God's watching his only son. He knows that one day his son will need to lay down his life in order to put them back to where they're meant to be. He's Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. <laughs> okay, I'm in the middle. <laughs> There's none, of, there's none of that. Holy Spirit and God, do not do that. <laughs> so here is God and he's watching his son and his son's got ministry to do. He's trying to show them and teach them that the where they are currently is not where he wants them to be. They're meant to be up here in this place. So he spends how many years with them? So he spends his days teaching and preaching, doing, doing things, saving the loss, all this stuff, training his disciples, getting them up. But in order for him to put them back to where the original intent is, he must lay down his life. Blood is the only way. So he lays down his life and he dies. <laughs> and then he rose again and that dying and rising again he was able to reposition reposition because <laughs> he died and rose again he was able to reposition them back to where God created them to be. Then he knows this ain't going to work. My son's got to come back, and I've got to bring, send a helper to keep them in this place. So he goes, and he comes. And the helper empowers them to stay in this place of authority, dominion, and to rule and to reign. The helper is the one that will train and teach them. The helper will lead them all the way because the helper is the one that will go back here and say what's on the Father's heart, then come back here and tell... She is busy, man. She's hearing from the heart of the Father. She's going back and she's relaying it to them. And then she's hearing from the heart of the Father. And then she's going back. And then she's hearing. And then she's going back. She's hearing. She's going back. She's hearing. He's going back. He's hearing. He's going back. Because the only way to keep us up there is by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. That is how it rolls. You got it? Yeah. Ask your neighbor, you got it? Yeah. Do we understand it? Yeah. Okay, now you may go. May you please take a bow. Yeah. Very good, very good. Very, very good acting. That is not my word. I haven't actually started yet. I needed to show you that so you understand what I just said over your life about greatness. You can thrive in this place. You can do great things. But he says much more will you do. The much and the more you need to reposition yourself to where you're meant to be. So I want to say this. Greatness is unlocked by principles. Someone say principles. Principles. These principles are like keys. Someone say keys. Keys. What do keys do? Unlock. 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 So when we're without a key, success becomes a struggle. That's why a thief comes through windows and not through doors. Door. He still gets in, but it's a struggle. Yeah. If he has a key, it's easy. Yeah. Yeah. So when, we, when we, you're without a key, success becomes a struggle. And I believe that it is God's desire for every person in this place to enter into greatness. I believe this house is birth to enter into greatness. Greatness is not a function about geographical location, but it's a spiritual location. It's not determined by attendance. It's not determined by um, offering or tithing or the size of a facility. It is reflected by being all that we can be in the place that God has placed us to be, all that you can be, greatness. And as a church, we need to decide whether or not we're going to enter this place. Not just preach about it, not just talk about it, but are we damn going to go for it? Today I'm going to look at some Old Testament people who was on this this verge. They find themselves in a place of making a decision to either move forward or retreat, move forward to greatness or stay, move forward to greatness or go back. Numbers 13 verse 2, I'll give you scripture, just so you know I'm not making this up. It says, send men to what? Spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. Let's read it together. From each tribe of their fathers, you shall send a man, everyone a leader among them. There is no doubt that God has brought them to this moment. It is not a surprise when you come to a place like this. It didn't surprise God that this was going to happen. The children of Israel, though were enslaved in Egypt when God sent Moses to deliver them, took 10 plagues to convince Pharaoh to let my people go. Then God miraculously delivered them from Pharaoh's army. He parts the Red Sea. We know the story, or we should know the story. God leads them out of Egypt into the wilderness, and there they stand at the edge of the promised land. They're right on the verge of greatness. They're right on the verge of receiving all that God told them that they were going to receive. Mm, Overwhelming evidence was behind Israel. When you look past, back at your past, there's overwhelming evidence that God is setting you up for something greater. They stop at this place, and then they stop believing God. And they stop moving forward. And then we go to Numbers 13, 17 to 20. And it says this, And then Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan. Let's read it together. And said to them, Go up. Our church stands at the same place. This house stands the same place. Greatness is in front of us, and we need to decide whether we're going to press forward to the greatness or we're going to retreat or we're going to just stay stagnant. Between where we are today to where God wants us to be tomorrow, there lays challenge. And anything that we're going to do, there's going to be a challenge. Mm -hmm. These challenges are not enemies of faith, but the opportunities to prove God's faithfulness. Mm -hmm. So I want to just share three things, and I tell you, I'm not going to take too much of your time. But the first thing is greatness begins with a vision of opportunity. Greatness begins what? Numbers 13 2 says. I have that, yes. Send the men spite the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel from each tribe of their fathers. You shall send men, everyone a leader among themselves. Vision is the ability to see God's presence, to perceive God's power, to focus on God's plan despite of the obstacles that we may face. The ability to see the presence of the Lord, to perceive God's power. And to focus on God's plan. And as God had commanded Moses to choose 12 represented leaders to explore the promised land, they had this opportunity to move a people forward. This is the opportunity. Moving a people from ordinary life to extraordinary. Amen. This is the opportunity. Yeah. To shift the people in, with um, into their rightful position to grab hold of the promise of God. But these leaders were given the opportunity to explore the vision of tomorrow and bring back word for direction today. You need to hear this. They were sent to explore. The Bible says spy. They're going to explore the vision, what they see of tomorrow. And then they come back to give direction today. They explore, they come back. They explore, they come back. Leaders explore, then they come back. Pastors explore, then they come back. They go out, in, out, in. They're exploring in order to lead a people to a direction. May I say this morning that your lead pastors are exploring tomorrow and they're going to bring back word today. This story is clear. Ten men went back with a bad report. Not just any report, it was just bad. It was just a bad, bad report. What they saw with their physical eyes had more value and weight than what God promised. God has promised things to you and I and that should outweigh what you see.
0: Yeah, I mean, very good. Yeah. Come on. Yeah.
1: If what we see is not what we saw, then what we see is only yeah. Joseph in a pit. It's not the dream. He didn't see the pit in his dream. But Joseph's in his pit, but it's not what he dreamed of. So what he saw is the reality of where God needed him to be. So where he was was only a temporary position, and God was going to fulfill his promise of where he was taking him. Yes, right. yes. For you and I to move into greatness, how we see things in our attitude towards what we see, our attitude towards, our attitudes towards what we see will determine whether we succeed or we, whether we fail. Greatness begins with a vision of the opportunities that can be and will be. And we have an amazing opportunity before us. In spite of the obstacles, we have an amazing opportunity. My question is, how's your attitude? Yeah. Ask your neighbour, how's your attitude, neighbour? Proverbs says this: "For as a man thinketh, what? Let me put it this way: I want to say this. I want to say that our attitude can be like a sail on a boat. Whatever direction we place our sail up, the winds that come will take us in that in that destination or that direction. If we're going to put up our sail, and then the winds of discouragement and doubt and fear." Gossip, rumours, not this house, the other house down the road. That is the direction in which our boat is going to go. But if we raise our sail, our attitude towards faith and expectancy, oh, that came out right, I had to think about that word, then that is the direction that our boat is going to go. You see, I want us to understand that one of the most important decisions that me personally, makes every single day as my choice about my attitude. I don't leave my house until I make a decision in my heart. No matter how bad my morning starts. (laughs) I choose every day my attitude. I think about what I'm going to think about and I choose my attitude. And I have to choose my attitude before I walk out of my door. Because if I don't choose my attitude before I walk out of the door, whatever attitude I have, whether negative or positive, it's going to spill out into the environment in which I walk into. My attitude. So to me, it's more important, my attitude, more important than my past. It's more important than my education. It's more important than my bank account. It's more important than my success and even my position, my attitude. Because my attitude keeps me going or my attitude will cripple me. Attitude. When my attitude is right, you can't stop me. When I have a bad attitude, I stop me. You don't need to do anything. You, you know what I mean, eh? You know, you know, you're laughing because that's you, right? When I have a good attitude, nothing can stop me. Nothing bad, nothing negative, it can't stop me. But when I have a bad attitude, I don't need you to stop me, I stop myself. That's
0: right.
1: Yeah. I got up with a good attitude this morning, my darling. So 10 men came back with a bad report and these 10 men stopped a nation from moving forward, which caused them to wonder for 40 years. If you're that 10 men, please stand up and remove yourself. No, just kidding, just kidding. No, but serious. No, no, just kidding. So it is important that we have a right attitude and in life, What we see is also very important, what we see. But equally important is how we see what we see. Uh, Equally important. How we see what we see. See, I see my husband. (laughs) Getting gray hair, getting older, you know. (laughs) So that's what I see. But what I see But what I see when I wake up every morning is a grandfather who's amazing. A husband that is outstanding. A God fearing man who leads his house. That's what I see when I see. It's on record. So what you and I see will limit where we go. And I'm going to give you a scripture. You see this. Abraham, remember the guy Abram? Abraham, Abraham, Abraham. Yeah. So God said to Abraham to look the four corners of the earth. Do you remember that? He says, for all that you can see. All that you can see, I give to you. Do you remember that? All that you can what? See. See. So that means what he could see god will give him that to me is quite limited because what i can see he's given to me but to me i can't see too far i can't see over the mountains of Wainui Mata, but what i can see he says to abraham you're going to get what you see abraham was one was one of these Men, and we know he was a father of, the, of of nations. He was a father of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We know that we had the promises of Abraham. But I want more. Because he said, only what you see you can possess. I want more than what I can see. What do you see and how are you seeing it? Twelve spies were sent. Each had a report. Ten focused on the obstacles. Two focused on the word and the promise. They explored the vision of tomorrow, brought back the word for the children of Israel for direction today. And because of that, they suffered in the wilderness and they never made it. Ten men stopped a move of God greater than anything that they could imagine or think of. And for 40 years they were wondering, so what is your attitude and what are you seeing when we're on this move? Will we believe enough to cross the obstacles that are standing before us? Yeah. Now, I'm, I'm talking about your Jerichos. I'm talking about your Goliaths. I'm talking about your Mounts. I'm talking about our attitudes. Yeah. Second thing. God, will ask you to tempt things where things have failed before. Yeah. Very good. I want to say it again. God is going to ask you to attempt things that you have failed in before. God will ask us as a church to attempt things that we have failed in before. Yeah. I'm going to back it up with the words so you know that I'm not making this up. Joshua 1, 2 says these words. Moses, my servant, is what? Yeah. So the system, the very system has gone, it's dead. Now therefore, arise, go over to the children, you and all their people to the land, which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. God is speaking to Joshua. The first generation has died except Joshua and Caleb. And now God is telling Joshua, you gotta get up, cross over to the land, yeah. in which I'm gonna give you, which I gave to your ancestors 40 years ago. Mm, it's right, it's right. Remember the spies? That was the first time. Yeah. Now God is saying to Joshua, you're going to go and do what I asked the first lot to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. mm-hmm. So God will, God's attempting to say to Joshua, Joshua, they didn't get it. I need you to get up and take possession of what I've already given to you. And then he says this, every place, Hang on. So now Abraham, whatever you see, now Joshua, every place your soul of your feet will tread. I I want that. Yeah, that's good. Amen. Hallelujah. You you got it? Abraham, whatever you see, it's all yours. Limitations of what we see. Joshua. Joshua, wherever your feet go, so whether I'm in Wainui, Mata, Parua, upper heart, lower heart, wherever my feet will tread, he says, I am giving to you as I said to Moses. He's like, wherever your feet go, bro, I'm gonna, you're gonna, it's yours. The promise is not as far as you see, your eye can see, but now it's every every place that your foot will tread upon Greatness. Great works you will do. Greater works that you will do. So greatness requires us to move because your feet need to tread on places in which he's given you. If your feet's not treading, then you're not moving. Greatness. The more we move, the greater the promise. The more we move, The greater the promise. Joshua could have thought, well, God, you've done this before and it didn't work. Joshua's attitude towards this, he was there on the first move. Joshua would have said, well, Moses didn't make it. The whole generation has died off. I don't think I can actually make it, God. Joshua would have thought, well, it failed before. It's not going to happen again. Am I talking to anybody here? Yes. Think about it. Moses, he was a legend. He was larger than life. And God had used him to form miracles after miracles after miracles. Yet even he and that entire generation did not enter the promised land. And now God is saying to Joshua, now, bro, it's your turn. And as I was with Moses, I will be with you also. Can I boldly say to us this morning that whatever God is asking of us today, whether it's to pray for the sick, whether it's to start your business, whether it's to write a book, whatever it may be, do not let your past failures stop you from greatness. As a church family, can I also ask us that even though we attempted it before, it doesn't mean it's going to fail again. Read this together. Our past. Read this. Read read this. Read this together. Can we read it together, E.R.? Our past does not have to be the prophet of our future. Our past does not have to be the prophet of our future. Your past does not have to even speak into your future. I'm going to say this, young people. What mess-ups and screw-ups you've done in your past does not have to talk to your future. Yeah. <laughs> past successes does not guarantee future successes. Yeah. Neither does past failures guarantee future failures. Yeah. Proverbs twenty four sixteen says, As a righteous man may fall, what? Seven times and will... You will rise again. We will rise again. And I know maybe some of you have grandparents divorced, now your parents are divorced, and you, it don't need to happen to you. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. Don't let that dictate your tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Maybe your family for generations has known nothing but poverty, mm-hmm. and you are buried in debt. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be that. Maybe there's been generations of infidelity. You can't have babies. Oh, infertility. Say that word. Infertility. <laughs> you know what I mean, right? It doesn't have to be you. Are there criminals in the house? Don't put your hand up. <laughs> You've got a history of criminal behaviour. Your family, your grandfather, and your father. Maybe your brother's in prison. Maybe your son's in prison. It yeah. don't need to dictate for you. Amen. doesn't need to be your life. Very good. Very good. You're born with greatness already inside of you. History does not need to repeat itself. Our past does not have to be a prophet of our future. Yes. Yes. Last one, I promise I'm finished. Greatness is ultimately determined by your decisions to cross. Oh, well, on, Remember Numbers 13, too, send the spies. They explored the land. Yeah. God had clearly promised them the land. Yeah. But they chose not to take it. Yeah. We can choose today. Just yeah. to gather as a religious it click and do our things and praise Jesus and go home. Or we can choose today to be totally radical, crazy for Christ. Monday to Sunday, telling people about the goodness of our Father. We can choose today to just be okay with the person you're sitting next to. Or you can choose today to make a decision that you need some another neighbor next week to sit next to you. I I don't want to change you, I'll just (laughs) say. I think about my life, if it wasn't for my friend that took me to church one day, where would I be today? And I was so disappointed that it took her a few years even to tell me she was Christian. I wish she told me earlier, I wish she exposed me to the gospel earlier, but she waited a few years to tell me. Two years. Two years wasted. Every one of us have opportunities, and they are great evidence of all the good things God's done in our lives, right? Look back and see the goodness of God, but greater he wants us to hold on to. Twelve spies brought back the word. The land is good. They all said it was great. But two, uh, ten said it has, it's, it's got, you know, giants and we're like grasshoppers. You, you know the story? Yeah. The land was full with milk and honey. And when I talk about Wainui, I always say I'm from the land running with milk and honey. It could be the land in Poro, if you're from Poro, from Upper Heart, Lower Heart, <coughs> Stokes Valley, that is the land flowing with milk and honey because you are there. Yeah. So, can I say this? We don't want 10 bad reports. Mm. For us to move, it's going to take every single one of us to change the way we say things, change what check our attitudes. Be careful how we see things. Be careful how we communicate things. Keep each other accountable. And let's move, baby, move. We got it? Oh, Fina, you rock. We okay? Be upstanding. Give the Lord a hand. So remember the, the picture that I showed you of the horse and people on top of that, original intent for God? That's where you are today. You choose where you're gonna be positioned. If you're not positioned properly, then check it out yourself. Don't blame your left, to the right, to the front. Don't blame anyone. Blame look at yourself and say, I'm not in right position. You are called to greatness. Hallelujah. You're commissioned, designed, and permitted and instructed to increase. Say I am increasing. Amen. And God will put obstacles in your way because every challenge is attached to your increase. If you've got a challenge, it's attached to your increase. Young people, challenges, think about it as ways in which God is strengthening you for your increase. The scars that you hold are scars of your story. And there is no greater person than a person that has many scars. Scars are a good sign. I have not met someone that has never had a scar. And when I have the privilege of meeting people with scars, I know that they've gone through some stuff. If you're called to greatness, just raise your hands with me and let's pray. eh? Father God, I thank you for every hand raised and every heart open to hear from heaven. Lord, you've called them to greatness. You've placed heaven within them. And you've positioned them to have dominion and to have, have domain and to be fruitful and to multiply, to increase. Father, you've called them to prosper in all areas. And I thank you that the challenges that they are before are things in which you are higher and above. I pray, Father God, that you continue to to mold them and build them into the men and women that you've called them to be. I ask that you bless them, show them your ways, Surround them with greater people. in Jesus.
0: Just lift your hands up. And if you are, I feel in my spirit, we just want to pray with some people this morning.